Hey, this is Darius Prince, Philadelphia Soul Wide Receiver, All Arena. You are listening to the Coffee House Show. What's good, everybody? This is Malachi Jones, and you're listening to the one and only Coffee House. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Coffee House. I'm your host, Coffee Jones. You're listening on iTunes and SoundCloud, presented by 23K Sports Media at Downset E Catering and Not This Version Training Apparel. I am excited. It's game day. And the people that know me know my history of being around the game, being an insider, giving you all access to the Arena Football League. But tonight on ESPN2 in front of a national TV audience, and I know, look, if you're a Philly fan, you're going to definitely love it because you turn on ESPN, you had a Phillies playing. You turn on ESPN2, you had a soul playing. So it's going to be lovely just to see the sports in Philadelphia on display, both of them on the road, in big games because I know the Phillies, shout out to them, and, you know, Velasquez and, and Knapp and all of our guys over there, Coach Young and everybody, uh, Eflin, you know, that, that it looked out and came through Jaws Golf and, you know, got a couple of rounds in with us. But they're fighting for a wild card spot. And obviously the Philadelphia Soul are fighting for the newly released Arena Bowl belt, championship belt. I love it. I think that's going to be the first thing that people are going to be talking about. If you look at it ESPN right now, you see it on that little little crawler and that little ticker on the bottom line in that bottom corner about the Arena Football League and the Arena Bowl tonight on ESPN2 at 8 p.m. Also on 97.5, the Fanatic, 104.5, uh, ESPN Albany, ESPN Philadelphia, Joe Torty on the call in Philly. The guys up in Albany, I had a good call with them this morning um, just kind of previewing the game. Um, it's, it's going to be a tightly, tightly wound atmosphere. It's going to be a block party with three to 5,000 people out front of the Times Union Center in a couple hours. I'm about to go up there and get dressed. I know you've seen the pictures on social media at AFL Coffee of me looking fly. It was, you know, it looked like the, you know, if you was at the BET Awards, the ESPYs or media day because, you know, guys get fly out there. I see your ferns. I see your Antoine Grant. You know what I mean? Prince and Roe looking real, real, uh, Miami Vices. You know, it was a lot of fun. And I, and Albany, you know, those are my guys. I understand you're going to do what Coach says. And he took the, the sport media day approach and had everybody put on their jerseys to come out for media day. And I know they were dressed up. I seen Tommy Grady had his suit pants on under there. So they were suited and booted. But Coach made a decision to put their jerseys on. They got there first. You know, so it looked a little weird visually, but I understand it. At the end of the day, you got to know from now on, it's a, it's a fashion show. You know what I'm saying? Bring them out. You can't tell me I ain't fly. Every time. But the game is here. It's game day. Uh, I've been a part of a few arena bowls, two as a player, uh, two as a media uh, broadcaster for the soul. That's where I got my, my, my championship ring from it, from Arena Bowl 30. Uh, and obviously being there, just covering the game last year, Arena Bowl 31, when the Valor came with the monumental upset, no pun intended, uh, down in Baltimore. But now you got two teams here explosive on offense you got weapons galore you got first team all arena candidates uh year in and year out over the last couple seasons on both sides of the ball with Darius Reynolds Darius Prince you got first team all arena guys and Quentin Sims and Malachi Jones you got coach of the year candidates Clint Dozell Rob Keefe Les Moss Bo Bell oh oh, oh forgot about uh, the MVP quarterbacks and Dan Rodabaugh and Thomas A. Grady, 
back-to-back MVP. Shout out to all the award winners from last night. But I, I just want to get real quick. I'm down here hanging out, been talking to some players all day, and Thomas Dover seeing the guys, James Barron and Gidry and Huey Whitaker from the Players Union, and everybody's excited about this game because when the casual fan scrolls through ESPN2 and sees the atmosphere that's going on in Albany tonight, they're going to be intrigued. And if you watch more than two or three plays, you're going to fall in love with this game. I'm just telling you right now. You're going to see the crowd going crazy. You're going to see the crowd get quiet when Philly scores. You're going to see them erupt when Albany scores. It's going to be an electric championship atmosphere that we needed back into this league. Oh, by the way, the expansion news is on the horizon the new championship belt is going to be shown. We're going to have a post-game interview on SportsCenter with the winning head coach. Obviously, you know Jaws is going to be around there. You look behind him, you'll see another another fat fly guy in a nice suit jacket. But, you know, the league is on display. And, and I want to just take a moment just, just to, to embrace everything. You know, I was down down in the pool area and sitting around the hot tub just talking to some of the players, talking to Thomas Dover. And, you know, he, he said something that was profounding to me. He said, you know, everybody's got a story. You know, just listening to him and his story, just the journey he's gone through, just this season, but in the career as a whole. And then looking at the league, you know, I look at the big picture and even the, the, the micro picture. It's just amazing to see where we have come from individually in their journeys in this season Philadelphia saw it lost three games in a row. They hadn't beaten a playoff team. And they were struggling, trying to find themselves just past the halfway point of the season. Albany hit the halfway point undefeated. Then they started struggling, getting beat up, you know, find a way to get through the Washington game, lost the Baltimore game, snuck through the Atlantic City. Like, they were struggling for about four to five weeks and see both of these teams climb out of that is a testament to their ownership group, to their coaching staff, to the players themselves, and the support and the fans that they have around them. It's going to be a good crowd. Philadelphia is going to travel. They had a fan bus come up. I mean, it's been a beautiful time. The, the atmosphere at the Renaissance Hotel in the Hilton Albany has been electric, and I'm just so proud of what this league is going to show in the city of Albany. And even though Jaws and Monumental Sports are our two biggest known pieces in this game, to feature a city like Albany, a small city, an off-the-market city, doesn't really have a home for an NFL team. You know, they talk about the Giants and Jets a little bit around here. You know what I mean? So the capital region, to see a small market like this show off and show how supportive the fans can be for this game and for this league, it's going to be amazing to see. So hats off. There's, there are no losers for fans in the AFL tonight. The league is only going to grow. You got some expansion opportunities. Everybody's heard the rumors. I'll let them make the official announcement. I've, you know, I talked to some people that need to be talked to. I know who to ask. And I got some information that, you know, will be disseminated, SAT word, in due time. But for right now, I want to talk football. And everybody knows from what I've said this season, the two question marks for each of these teams the Philadelphia Soul Pass Rush, and the secondary of the Albany Empire. Now, for the Philadelphia Soul Pass Rush, the thing is, they're going to have a pretty much calm situation. They're not going to have to deal with crowd noise. It's going to be quiet out there. Tommy Grady's going to be in to do his thing. Got to watch the offside penalties. 
watched, you know, some of the middle screen game, the, the runs to, to Benson, some of those counter dives and cross dives and stuff like that that you got to watch in the field. But can you get after Tommy Grady? Because looking at the two games, this is the number one scoring offense in the league, over 51 points a game. Nobody else has over 45. They're explosive. And in the losses that they suffered against Baltimore and against the Soul, people actually got after Tommy Grady. Now, the, the Baltimore pass rush is more middle-directed, even though Hayes and Cato Bishops are two of the best in the league right now. But when you look at Dexter Jackson and Justin Lawrence pushing that pocket in the middle, it allows those edge guys to turn the hoop, turn the corner. And with the secondary that they have in Baltimore, they can make some plays, and they found a way to get it done and win that game in Albany. So it can be done in the Times Union Center. You've seen Atlantic City come up here with a backup quarterback and Warren Smith, who I say that with an asterisk by it because he's going to be a starter as this league expands. He's a future star in this league. It can be done. And if Philadelphia can find a way, Sean Daniels, the lone guy up front with all arena credentials, Thomas Dover, he's got experience. He's got an arena bowl title under his belt. Can these guys find a way to get after Tommy Grady, to disrupt him enough? to allow the reigning defensive player and two-time defensive back of the year, James Romaine, defensive back of the year, Dwayne Hollis, Torres Jones, to make some plays on the back end. They just signed former defensive back of the year, Kent Richardson, to the sole roster. So can you help your secondary out by getting some pass rush? On the flip side, can the Albany pass rush help their secondary out? Now, Terrence Smith has been dealing with some injuries. He's an all-arena guy. He's got the pedigree. He's won an arena ball championship. He's been there, done that, seen it all. He's been banged up a little in the first round. Came out of that second game, but they were up by 70 points in the aggregate score. So who knows how much health was really a concern for Terrence Smith not returning in that game. You got a young kid in Tomer, Tomer Cheatham Norrells, that have made some plays. And Rob Keefe, I, I've been saying it week in and week out, he's going to put guys in the right position. And if it wasn't for, for said Walker, I think he'd be defensive coordinator of the year if there was a, such an award for the, for the things that he does in his secondary to put people in the right spots, understanding motion, route recognition, formations. Keith is, is pretty much second to none in that regard. But it does help when you got the greatest of all time rushing the quarterback. And listen, I blocked Joe Sykes before. I pancaked Joe in San Antonio. The Tiger had a 30-yard game. He should have scored on it, but he didn't before halftime. Got up celebrating a little bit. Joe tried to take an inside move on me. But being the GOAT that he is, he didn't worry about it, and he turned that corner later on in the third quarter, and I turned the corner with him about four and a half, five yards. It was, it was a bad set by me, and he stripped the ball right out of Dan Rodemont's hand. And it was so amazing to me, the ball bounced up like a basketball. It hit the ground, Dan looked down, it bounced right back in his hand, and he took off, and he scrambled and picked up like two or three yards. <laughs> so we kept possession, actually gained a couple yards, but I got credited for allowing Joe Sykes to give up a sack on me. He's gotten everybody. And can you find a way with first-team All-Arena, Neil Tivis, and my boy Keith Newell backside, 
to make sure you watch number one. But on the other end of that, Rodney Fritz has been balling. Man had three sacks in the game. I'm talking strip sacks. I'm talking turn the corner, dipping and ripping. I didn't think Fritz can get that type of body bend on the edge like that, looking like Miles Garrett. So if you got two guys that can bring it like that on each edge, even though Philly wants to get the ball out quickly, knowing the way that Rob Keefe plays is secondary and they're going to back off just a little bit, especially if Keefe scores early. If you get a 40-yard bomb early to Malachi Jones, for some reason people get enamored with that. And I, I Clint those is going to have to stick to his guns and his game plan. Because you don't want to throw right back at this secondary just because they gave up a bomb. Listen, I watch it all the time. People play the Warriors and the Rockets, and they come down and Steph shoots a three, and then Clay gets a transition three. You feel like you got to get a three on the other end. And you miss one shot, and before you know it, it's a 9-0 run. So just because they get a bomb doesn't mean you got to eliminate the game plan. Or if it's 14-zip, you got to start five-stepping. That plays right into that team's hand on both sides of the ball. Because if you feel like you got to try to match Philly score for score and not stick to your game plan, you're going to fall right into the hands of Romain in that secondary. And on the other side, you're going to fall into the hands of Joe Sykes and those guys up front. So can the Albany secondary, which I think more importantly than them covering, is going to be them tackling. I think the two key stats to look at to who's going to win this game is going to be hits on Tommy Grady. Hits or pressures, I call them I call them pressures or hurries on Tommy Grady. And listen, if he throws a touchdown, that's not a pressure or a hurry. Okay, if he, that he, he didn't get pressured enough, he threw a touchdown. I'm talking about where the throw is off target, intercepted, deflected, thrown in the ground, or he takes a sack. Like disrupted pass rushes. Disrupted passes. It's a new stat that we got at the NFL Films. Can you disrupt Tommy Grady? And it's going to be yards after the catch for the Philadelphia Soul receivers, mainly for the secondary. And our guy who hasn't been mentioned a lot, Terrence Moore, is a big part of that secondary. What he does underneath and taking away underneath routes, hustling on kickoff, hustling after the catch is made, getting forced fumbles, watching the run and screen game of Philadelphia. Terrence Moore is going to be a big part of that, but yards after the catch. With Money Reynolds back at wide receiver, can you get these guys on the ground? Those are two stats that are going to tell you the game. And it's funny, when you look at the yards per attempt, because Tommy Grady had to force a lot of attempts, in the second game, I don't count that third game because it got ugly. It was a preseason game. Everybody's put their starters out. That blowout the last game, Philly played Albany, doesn't really count. But in the first two games, Tommy Grady was bombs over Baghdad. I mean, it wasn't even funny. It was 7-on-7 seven seven in Elite 11 camp against middle schoolers. Man had like 12, 13 completions, 7 for touchdowns. Like, it was ridiculous. Every time he dropped back, it was in the end zone. I think they were over 14 yards per attempt back then. That first game. The second game is a little bit, a little bit different. It's about seven yards per tip. Philly tightened up. They made them check it down a little bit. And that allows Sean Daniels and those guys to start to get after in their pass rush. So look at those two stats. Determine the game. Disrupted passes on Tommy Grady. And I'm thinking you got to talk about four and a half to five and a half in that range to be over under. If you can get more than five, 
disruptive passes on Tommy Grady. It's going to give your secondary a chance to make some plays if you're Philadelphia. And yards after the catch is going to be the key on the other side for the Albany secondary. So here's my prediction. You know me, I'm not going to make no score predictions. But I look at the Vegas betting line. I look at VegasInsider.com, and here's my coffeebook.com inside lock of the game. If you want to parlay it, parlay it. They've got the over-under, as I seen it this morning, at 96. I'm thinking over. Both of these coaches have explosive offenses, MVP quarterbacks, and weapons galore. But more importantly, both of these coaches know how to manage the clock at the end of the first half, which is different than the end of the game. And because of that, you will see surprise onside kicks, and you will see expected onside kicks to close out the first half early in the half. I'm talking the seven-minute mark of the second quarter. Rob Keefe and Clint Dozell are going to start to plan out onside kicking, knowing how drives can be drawn out, especially with defensive penalties, and you may not see the ball for the last six to seven minutes of a quarter. So because of that, possessions will be back up, and I think the scoring will be over over 96. I think it will be in the 50s on both sides. No offense to anybody on defense. I think there's going to be enough possession. I think there will be room for maybe one or two stops on either side. But I think for the most part, the scoring will be in the 50s. I'm thinking 110 range, way over 96. And the last I checked, the Philadelphia Soul were a double-digit underdog, like they were in Arizona a couple years ago. We ain't going to talk about that. Ten-point favorites are the Albany Empire. I'm taking Philly in the points. I don't see this being a double-digit game on either side. I'm not going to disrespect nobody on either way. This is not a two-score game. I mean, if we're talking, you know, somebody's up by seven with, you know, 20 seconds to go and fourth and goal, and they kick a field goal to make it ten, well, then you get a tie at that point. But whatever, I don't see this being a ten-point margin. I think this is a one-score game. I'm thinking a four- to five-point game either way, but I'm taking Philly in the points, and I'm betting the over. That is my Coffee Jones, coffeebook.com prediction for the game. You make sure you call your bookie and make your bets in Vegas and Jersey, obviously, or you can go overseas and do it. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're listening at, make sure you tune it in. 97.5 The Fanatic, ESPN Radio Philly, 104.5 FM, ESPN Radio Albany, the Capital Region, ESPN2. The game is going on. And hey, listen, you plug on social media. Follow me on Snapchat at CoffeeJAY5, AFL Coffee on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I'm going to be live. I'm going to be tweeting. I'm going to be slow mo camera. I'm going to have my GoPro out. It's, I'm going to be everywhere. I'm going to be all over the arena. You're going to see me everywhere. It's Serena Bowl 32. I'm excited. Let's get it. Jordan Kelsey, I love you.